Hello and welcome to Runway Girl Network in Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN contributing editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with three of my Runway Girl Network colleagues, Seth Miller, Jason Rabinowitz, and our editor, Mary Kirby. We're here in Hamburg after the AIX Expo, that's Aircraft Interiors Expo, and we have all sorts of news for you about seats and the cabin interior. First up, I'm talking with Seth Miller. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm fab. How are you doing, Seth? Spectacular. So we saw a lot of seats this year, didn't we? Um, we saw a lot of seats. <laughs> and I didn't get to sit nearly enough of them. My feet are killing me. No, absolutely. I'm glad I didn't wear heels. Now, on the way in, first thing up as you walk into the show was Mirus. Now, we've seen them before, right? Yeah, we saw them a year ago, I believe it was, where they were announced as a sort of the upstart newcomer of the year and really the big story of the year in seating in many ways. They signed the deal with AirAsia to fit 300-something aircraft. They sure did. And the thing about last year is it was one of these bare-bones seats, right? It was small, it was light, it was cheap. But this year... And they, reliable. And reliable and, and actually pretty comfy. Yeah. Um, we also saw it in Singapore in the autumn and they made a lot of improvements, which were, which improved comfort quite a bit. Some significant changes. They sort of refined the shape in a lot of ways with the support in the right places. But it was, at its core, still the same seat, which is really nice. Right. It was that sort of bare-bones, slimline thing. Yeah. Got, you got out of the way of your knees, which is really all I want on that hour-long flight. But now they've got a new customer. They're with AirAsia X. So... Kind of a new customer. Uh, it's the long-haul arm of AirAsia. Now, these guys fly A330s and soon A350s in high-density configurations. So that's nine abreast on the A330, more than almost anyone else, and ten abreast on the A350. They had some new seats out this year, didn't they? Yeah, there was the LR product for long-range. Um, and Miris is very interesting in that their product is essentially a frame with options built on top of that. And it's pick and choose. So... You know, part of that is pick and choose color, fit and finish, and then part of that is pick and choose, do you want tray table or not, do you want cup holder or not, do you want, and now it turns out for the LR, and even the short haul power or not, the LR has a 110 volt option, yep. as opposed to just the in armrest USB power from uh, IFPL. Yeah, it's IFPL. That's another British company that Miris are working with very closely. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of those options available. Now, I spent some time sitting in the LR seat and talking with Phil Paul, the seat company CEO, mm -hmm. about this seat. And one of the interesting things they did was they took their short-range product and did some sort of 3D form and pressure mappings of people of different shapes and sizes sitting in the seats with a bunch of sensors on the hardware and trying to figure out where are the pain points? Where is it going to get uncomfortable initially when you sit down? Where is it going to get uncomfortable after a three-hour flight, after a six-hour flight? Where is it you know, challenging for the passenger? And they did a lot of things sort of reshaping the foam, uh, changing where those bits are. And as he, what he said to me is, you know, by quote, by playing with foam density and contouring, we were able to significantly improve the seated pressure distribution. And so that's his, that was his quote, and I thought it was a sort of a real interesting way. It's very scientific, um, yep. and obviously there's a science in a lot of these things. But, you know, and he pointed out when you sit down on it sort of on the outside edges where you'd think the foam should just be a solid piece, there's a cutout in the side of it to allow it to give just a little bit more while maintaining support in mm -hmm. certain areas. Yeah. And it's... It was a very nice seat. It had... It's very comfortable. I mean, look, in fairness, it's, it was the 18-inch model, which yep. would be the normal thing that you'd find on an A350, right? AirAsia X is going to be sticking an extra seat in each row. 
but that doesn't negate the in, actually really intelligent science that these guys have been doing. Yeah, I, I think the underlying product, I thought this about the uh, the original seat when we saw it last year, twice, and now I still think it about the LR version, it really is a solid product. Um, it's comfortable. The One of the real interesting things they have is all the different uh, entertainment options as well for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely, including an embedded tablet. When was the last time we saw one of those? Never. Uh, it they, Apparently, Samsung has upgraded their hardware in certain areas, and if you're part of their proper developer program, there is a version of the tablet that apparently passes HIC. HIC, of course, being the Sorry. head injury criterion. Essentially, Basically, when you smash your head into it during a crash, it doesn't splinter. Yeah, they call that delethalization in the biz, and it's actually really difficult to, to achieve. Um, if you think about your iPad, if you drop it, it shatters, right? And you don't so want that, that to your be your face head. Instead of, you know, your face instead of the asphalt parking lot. Quite. So that was Mirror. So it was a really interesting evolution this seat. Yeah. Now, we also were welcomed onto the BE Aerospace stand this year, weren't we? Yes. It was amazing. It was, it was really great. You know, it's a real pleasure to see BE kind of turning over a new leaf on this. It is wonderful to see them uh, being really open to the press. Yeah. And it was great to get in and see some of the products. It's... Kind of amazing. I mean, we've all sat in a BE Aerospace seat at some point. Absolutely. Odds are, even if you don't know it, they make the majority of the seats installed on aircraft today. It is, and it's a solid product. There are a bunch of products they have that have been in that back of that booth that even when they've let us in in previous years, they wouldn't let us see. No, absolutely. And we were welcomed all the way around. We're going to talk BE Aerospace also with Mary later on. But first off, let's talk about MyQ. That's their new premium economy long haul and business class or US domestic first short haul seat. Yeah, it's a sort of standard 2-2 or 2-3-2 layout, depending on if it's mm-hmm. an air body or wide body. Yep. And could potentially even go 2-4-2 on a 777 or 380, depending on which deck and whatnot. Yep. Um, it's, you know, it, it is a comfortable seat. It has pockets and storage and all those things in the right places. The... Some of the little things like the aisle side armrest dropping mm-hmm. down fully. Yep. So you can so you can sort of turn ninety degrees to let someone out or use yeah. it for accessibility. Yep. Really nice. The armrest stays in that piece that goes up and oh, sorry not the armrest the tray table stays in that armrest mm-hmm. that goes up and down mm-hmm. and little things like it's spring loaded so it's got a release tab and then it pops up instead of that weird rotator cuff injury inducing sort of reach behind you and try to find the little hook and pull the table out. I'm sure out. I've sprained my arm doing that. Now, of course, the interesting thing about MyQ, it's not, it's not exactly new. We saw that a couple of years ago when we were ushered quickly around the BE stand. Um, but what I like about the, the seat, and particularly that armrest that goes up and down on the aisle side, is its dual purpose. The first purpose is to enable access for people with reduced mobility. So they can slide in straight from a wheelchair. Now, the US DOT mandates that 50% of seats be outfitted like that. But BE has taken that requirement and done some really clever thinking and said, actually, this is a passenger experience bonus for anyone. Yeah, I love it. And if I'm you're in the aisle seat, you, you, you can just sit there. And if the person in the window wants to get out, you just swivel your legs round. Yeah. And you don't even have to stand up. You do run the risk of, you know, ass or groin in the face. But, you know, it's, it's better than having to stand up and get out into the aisle and then get in the way of everyone. And yeah. then you sit down and wait for the other person to come back. And if they're taking a one in the lavatory, that's awkward. If you ask if it's number one or number two as they walk away. It's, 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 it's a tricky one. So <laughs> next up after my queue, quite literally in the passenger experience stakes, is a rest. 
or arrest. I'm not entirely sure how it's pronounced. I, so it was pronounced. I thought it was heiress, like someone who inherits things as a oh. female, and had to get clear uh, clarity. It's A I R E S T. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is heiress, and it apparently is an old product name that they've revived. I don't know the old version of it, but this is a again a single aisle premium or twin aisle premium economy, mm-hmm. and it's a fixed shell seat. So. When you recline, it's sort of the bottom moves, the pan moves forward as opposed to the back moving back into the lap of the people behind you. There's something very nice about that in many ways uh, from a customer experience. You know exactly how much space you have and it's yours to decide what to do with it rather mm-hmm. than, you know, shared space, but not quite as shared. Yeah. As it were. And fully electric, electronic. I'm not sure which is correct there, but all the adjustments. It's, it's a powered adjustment. Yes. Uh, so buttons to move everything back and forth for seat recline and whatnot. Uh, it is by no means a fully flat or reclining, but uh, it's a nice cradle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice cradle position. It goes back. Um, you sort of get the right support in the right places. Yeah. Um, plenty of pockets and little bins for storage. Power and at headphones and water bottles and laptops and all those things have their own place. Yeah. It kind of struck me as an evolution between the cafe... Uh, regional business class seat, which is, that, again, that kind of fixed shell thing. Yeah. And somewhere between that and BE Diamond, right, which is the 2008-2009 continental Airlines now seen pretty much on half the world's fleet. That sure. sort of staggered, um, well, not really staggered, but kind of slightly angled pairs of seats. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little later. I think you have to talk about that with Jason uh, in a bit, but and the evolution's there. But, you know, I it is... Somewhere along that line, um, obviously the sort of fixed shell idea of the diamond mm-hmm. and some of those things, it's obviously much smaller. Um, arguably wider because it's straightforward instead of the slightly offset with the feet underneath the, yeah, no, at the angle. But mm-hmm. um, it's a really nice seat. And interestingly, they also told us it's been sold. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be installed and flying mid-2018. So, you know... The, they won't, they won't let us say where, but it's happening. So yeah. this is one of those things where we actually are seeing sort of innovation and evolution of these products, and they're coming to the real world. Yep, absolutely. For more of that, read Seth's Runner Girl Network column, Coach Confidential, published once a week, and, of course, all of Seth's other contributions to Runner Girl Network. Other than that, Seth, where can people find you? I'm at W-A-N-D-R-M-E on Twitter, um, and that pretty much finds me the rest of the world over. Fantastic. Or, you know, an overhead bin from time to time. <laughs> if you haven't seen those pictures, check out Seth's Twitter. It's pretty fun. Next up, Jason Rubinowitz. Jason is a Runway Hill Network contributing editor and director of airline data at Root Happy. Jason, what did we see today? We were in the Stellias Lounge, weren't we? Yeah, I spent a lot of time with the seat manufacturers on uh, day three, which I finally was able to get into some of the booths and see some things in details. And Stellia is one of my favorite manufacturers. Uh, big news on the Celeste seat, which has been one of my AIX favorites for I think every year I've come to AI and mine. Tell me why you like it so much. I well, personally, I like it because it's a it's a domestic first class or a short range international first class business class seat where it has this really unique kind of cradling recline method where the whole seat, the seat pan, the back, all kind of of cradles and kind of uh, what, almost swivels. Yeah, so it it's 
there's a 1960s designer chair that does this, and I think that's probably where they got the inspiration. But rather than the seat back sort of going back on an angle and then a leg rest coming up, you're cradling this entire seat and it just kind of slides down and you get this zero gravity pose. It is the most comfortable thing. Everyone who I've ever seen sort of sit in it and recline it just goes, ah. It is incredibly comfortable. I look forward to getting a, a nice sit in that every year. And uh, they finally, finally have some customers. And not just one, not just two or three, but they have four customers. Four customers in three regions. And we should have more news on this later in the year. For me, it's delightful to see people really innovating in that recliner, international premium economy, domestic first class US, regional business class seat space. There's been a lot of stagnation in that recently, but everyone has kind of upped their game and it's fantastic to see airlines really picking up and, and um, diversifying their business class seats, no longer just a seat pan and a recline. It's a lot of diversity these days. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something we have kind of seen before is an evolution of BE Aerospace's rhombus seats. Now, you got onto the BE Aerospace stand this year, didn't you? I did. And you, like me, spent a couple of hours there. It was, as I said, really great to see them. I think I was there for uh, two and a half hours today. <laughs> great to see them opening up. Now, they have a rhombus, an evolution of a diamond. Did you see what they did there, mathematicians? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how it's different from the diamonds that we all know from former United Continental and so on and so forth. So the diamond is ubiqui- the diamond is ubiquitous at this point. Any airline that that wants a solid, deliverable two 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 product on their wide body really these days is picked diamond. Yeah. It, it's fifty five inch pitch. It's it's what you have if you have a fully flat bed without direct and access. From, from United to Air China on their their new seven eight sevens, it's it's a mainstay almost these days in business class, but. It, there's not much customization that goes into that seat. United's seat looks almost identical to the Air China version. Yeah, I always say that if you take any of the US carriers, 757s, put it in black and white, and actually not even if you put it in black and white, they're all blue anyway, you couldn't really tell which 757 was Americans, United or Deltas. At least from some angles. Sure. I mean, maybe if you look at the overhead bins and you know that Delta replaced some of them, etc., etc. Yeah, there's some carriers have have spruced them up, but the core of the seat is really, it's become long in the tooth. It's a good seat. but It's nearly 10 years old. It has some flaws. It's a bit outdated. And B has updated it as rhombus. And it's gotten a hell of an update. Yep. So so the seat, um, what are the critiques of the, of the original diamond seat was the seat, um, the ottoman, I guess. Where, yeah, where the footwell space. The footwell space was very restricted on the window seat. And BE has done kind of a remarkable job of expanding the usable space that they've carved out a lot more space for your feet. They've made the overall design of the seat a lot more private. They've given passengers a lot more privacy. No more of that, just that little glass arc. It's a full-on uh, partial divider between the two seats. And the IFE screen goes from... a uh, a kind of a meager, what was it, 15 inch maybe before, to a much larger screen. It's much more refined overall. It looks like something you designed in 2017 rather than something that's been flying since day one. 2007, yeah, right? I exactly. mean, which is totally fair enough. And it's great to see that they've built on what is actually a really impressive heritage of industrial design here. Um, now, one of the other things we see about, you know, in terms of evolution of design is the Stelia Opal. Now, you may remember Stelia from the uh, Stelia Solstice when it was previously named Sojama, the company. Um, that's flying on a number of airlines. It debuted on Etihad and uh, a bunch of airlines tend to have it. But 
it was a little bit heavy and not as dense as it could have been. The answer, Stelier reckons, is Opal. This is a compact, staggered seat, fully flatbed, directile access for all, but they can pitch that down to 40.5 inches. Now, of course, that means that your bed length is usually almost double that. Um, if you are uh, in the aisle seat, you tend to get a little bit less room because you are uh, you, the, your, your bed length is constrained by having a little gangway for the person in the window or middle seat to escape past you. But it looks like a great seat, doesn't it, Jason? It does. Um, One of the, I guess, the biggest trends in all cabins we're seeing now is taking the same amount of space on a cabin, carving unusable space that was previously in a seat, and making it usable and accessible to the passenger. And the quality and room given to a passenger with just 40 inches of pitch in the seat is, is kind of stunning. It truly is. Now... Stellia is not the only seat maker doing this. I was on the Zodiac stand this year. Now, Zodiac's been getting a bit of a a bad rep recently, but I was really impressed by the Optima seat. They, again, have carved out the space that's being lost to a bit of shrouding here, a bit of gangway there, and they've done something quite similar in terms of the compact staggered arrangement. Um, They call it Inspired by Polaris. That's the United Polaris seat that uh, was up for a uh, Crystal Cabin Awards this year. Uh, losing out just to the uh, Delta One suite. That's the Thompson Vantage XL product with it all. But what Optima does is it enables these airlines who are thinking of going, well, do we need directile access? right? And if you needed directile access, you were talking about 43, 44, 45 inches per seat. Once you can go down to 40, that starts persuading airlines that would previously have said, no, we can't offer directile access to really give you that extra space benefit. And as we all know, planes are flying longer and farther than ever before. So the more seats with direct access, the fewer passengers that are woken up in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's um, direct access is something obviously every airline wants to offer in business class, but most or, or some airlines just couldn't make the business case to do it. It just took too much room at the front of the plane to offer that to all passengers. But the main, a big innovation we're seeing is offering direct aisle access to in configurations that it would just been impossible just a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I also saw a couple of seat makers opening up their back rooms to me. One of those was Avio Interiors. That's an Italian company, generally best known for their, um, I want to say, semi-premium seats. So Iceland Air's Saga Class, which is their front cabin. That really nice, big, squashy recliner, that's an Avio Interiors product. Now, the thing that they unveiled in Singapore last October is called Adagio. And it's another one of these staggered seats. Um, but it looked a little bit different. And what they've been able to do with it is because it, there are parts of it that work on an angled basis, and we'll have more information on this on runwaygirlnetwork.com soon, because it's on an angled basis, they can do some really weird things with it, like narrow body, so your average A320, they can do 3-2 seating with direct access for everyone by the way that they interleave the seats. Now, I've seen the the LOPERS, that's the layout of passenger accommodation, which is generally what um, most people think of as a seat map. I've seen them. They've explained it to me. I can get my head around it, but I cannot believe they've managed to find enough space in an A320 for five abreast seating 
comfortably. Now, I haven't seen this in person, and, and now I wish I could kind of go back to the show and see this, but 3-2 with all IO access in a narrow body just doesn't just doesn't compute in my head. Right. Now, what they were showing was a uh, two-pair mock-up of the Avio Interiors Adagio seat. They weren't actually showing the full cabin mock-up. Um, I might have to get over to Italy this summer to go and uh, <laughs> go and see it. That'll be a, that'll be a terrible trial, oh, but I do no. it in the service of our RGN readers naturally. Um, but one of the things that I find really interesting is that there are a lot of these staggered seats around, and no one's getting sued, right? We had that Virgin V Contour lawsuit a couple of years ago, which really suggested that airlines and seat makers can't patent certain things. Now, I know that there's a bunch of legislation ongoing within this industry, but it doesn't seem like that's stopping people creating seats that are very similar to other products. And one of the things I find really interesting is actually that's pretty good news for passengers. Very good news. So thanks, Jason. Um, Apart from your contributions to Rummigum Network, where else can people find you? You can find me at Airline Flyer on Twitter, uh, contributing to Airline Reporter NYC Aviation, and um, just follow me on Twitter, and I'll, I'll guide guide you to where I am. Fantastic. Next up, we have Runway Girl founder and editor Mary Kirby. Mary is an 18-year veteran of this industry. How are you doing, Mary? I am doing well, and yourself, John? Very well. So. We got into BE Aerospace this year. They were very kind to open up to us. And we saw something truly amazing. It was amazing, I have to say. Firstly, it was amazing that BE Aerospace was so welcoming. Absolutely. And we talked about that a little bit with Seth. You know, it's great to see them being you know, friendly with journalists and the media and just saying, look, come and come look at our stuff. Tell us what you think. It was a really nice change of pace. Yeah, I agree. But we saw Aspire. Aspire blew my mind. I'm Mine too. Even, I, I, I'm not even going to kind of mince words. It really was stunning. Um, especially Aspire with the 18-inch seat width. That A350 or 10 abreast A380 or even the 9 abreast 777. Amen, amen. It was great. It was amazing. I mean, not not to say that Aspire for the 10 abreast 777 with the 17-inch width wasn't nice. No. It was perfectly nice. Yep. For the uh, 10 minutes we sat in it, but yes. I might have another opinion after yes. 18 hours. But so much better than anything else I've sat in its class. It truly is. And in fact, it's it, it, of everything that I've seen this week at Aircraft Interiors Expo, Aspire feels like a game changer to me for yeah. the economy class traveler. Yeah, absolutely. And, which is so meaningful because that's really where so many of us fly. Yeah. Yep. And um, we're at that point where some carriers have gone a little bit too snug and a little too tight and giving back a bit of comfort to the economy class passenger is really key right now. Yeah. And what I find interesting is that it kind of redefines what we think about when we say pitch, right? Oh, yeah. We, it was funny, they were saying, um, we started off at 32, mm-hmm. and we were like, this can't be 32, it's going to be 34, 36. Right, right. And they moved it down to 31, and it felt like 32, 33. There are inches of legroom that have been carved out by this seat. They really are, although one suspects that once airlines uh, realise this, that they will suddenly make Aspire their premium economy with a bit of extra, or an economy plus rather, mm-hmm. with a bit of uh, extra inches. And uh, But Aspire, even on a tighter pitch, is an immensely more comfortable seat than yeah. anything I know the, is flying the foam, today. The recline, 
just the also, also the, the personal spaces they've carved out of the seat back in front for your personal storage and stuff. That's really great. It is remarkable. And I have to say, the ability to elevate your legs. Oh, they showed us a couple of really interesting examples, <laughs> out, didn't they? One was the leg hammock. The leg hammock. I mean, my goodness, what a difference it makes to just take those legs up a little bit. and. Your legs were sitting there in that hammock with like a mojito, weren't they? It was great. It really was. And, it, it, you know, we hear a lot about these companies that say they're going to reimagine the passenger experience. I really believe that Aspire, in the configuration we're talking about, mm-hmm. reimagines the economy class passenger experience. Yeah. And of course, in addition to the leg hammock, they had that sort of calf supporting footrest. Yes. Which I thought that was really interesting. It was really interesting. And I have to say that, um, you know, th- and it's, it's interesting as well, uh, during this uh, Crystal Cabin Awards judging day that I had, mm. um, one of the judges confided that he has had not one, but two uh, incidences of DVT after Ooh. a long haul flight. And so I think we need to be thinking about health and well-being of yep. the passenger. Beyond just take your aspirin before you fly. Amen. Mm-hmm. And beyond just staying hydrated, you yep. know. And I think BE Aerospace with Aspire, with these kind of elevated leg, a variety of different uh, elevated leg functions, mm-hmm. um, they're really thinking in that vein. Yeah. Uh, but on bump, <laughs> they're really thinking in that, <laughs> deep, in that deep vein. They're really thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I bow down to your punny deliciousness. <laughs> now, tell me more about the Crystal Cabin Awards. You were judging this year for the first time, you said. I was. And, I, you know, I have to tell you, honestly, it was a, a true honour because, you know, you're surrounded by kind of veterans of industry mm-hmm. and a number of uh, very uh, intense engineers. Yep. Um, so I found it very educational, mm-hmm. including some of our conversations that uh, we, we kind of delved into on the safety side and the requirements that uh, these vendors must jump through, the, the challenges of getting something certified. And those are increasing. Yes. They really are. Yeah, it's not getting easier. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting significantly harder. And one of the things that we're seeing is that vendors are trying to, and seat suppliers we're talking about really, yeah. they're trying to pre-certify their seats. Yes. And the tension there, of course, is if they pre-certify, that reduces the amount that they can do in terms of customization, which is what airlines all want. Right. So they all want to differentiate. But yep. then when you have the push for a bit of a more of a standard product, it's finding that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the most kind of creative blue sky thinking that was presented to the Crystal Cabin Award judges, it was interesting to see that blue sky thinking tempered with a bit of reality about will this pass that heat release testing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. When you break out your Bunsen burner. Yeah. Oh, and, and there are there are companies around. Um, we were talking at the uh, the speed dating journalist and vendor matchmaking afternoon. No, it was a morning, wasn't it? Yeah, which is a really a fun kind of really nice way to start the day as yep. a journalist to yep. talk to all of these kind of upstarts in the industry. Yeah, and a couple of companies coming in with with their virtual reality goggles, showing their flammability testing stuff. Now, oh, folks yes. don't normally think about this, but you actually have to set those seats on fire and see if they burn. Yeah, you do. Um, you do. And yeah. some of these companies um, wisely have brought that work in-house. 
Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to see when you kind of go visit. Uh, Kydex actually is one of these Kydex, companies up in Bloomberg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Just now known as Sekisui, absolutely. Sekisui, exactly. And um, and they do a lot of that work in-house. And, of course, that speeds things along a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't yeah. have to farm it out. Yeah. Now, one of your fellow judges was Susanna Hunkova, who is the uh, head of marketing at yes. ATR, the turboprop maker. Yes, yes. And they also have an exciting new seat. Yeah, that is really interesting, actually. They're working with Gevin, or is it Jevin? It's a Jevin. Do they prefer Jevin? They're Italian, they prefer Jevin. Oh, the poor things, because I did a video with her, and then the, I, I suspect Jevin is thinking, cringe, Mary keeps <laughs> saying Gevin. But, um, you know, it is remarkable what they've managed to do for a turboprop airframer to be able to offer that 18-inch seat width. Um, that's more than what is flying, as you know, John, on many wide-body aircraft it, around it, the world. It really is. And it's, it's, it's not just about the seat width. Yeah. When I sat down that, and, and I am, as uh, Australian commentator Ben Sandiland says, unforgiving and amply proportioned, they had that locked down at 28 inches for me to try. Yeah. And it felt more comfortable than a lot of things I sit in at 30 inches in economy. John, you were sitting in a fine. I was, you know, there's, there's a video on the ATR uh, social media channels. Yes. Find it via at Girl as well. It was really impressive, the engineering they had done on that. Yeah. And it wasn't just, oh, you slid in the armrest when I'm measuring it differently. Yes. Right? It was yes. actual engineering work to move everything a little bit closer to the sidewall. They have. Um, to, to slim down the aisle because actually the length of flights that these aircraft are on you can deal with the extra aisle for the minute that you're walking down it yes. right it doesn't matter it's a little bit extra narrower but you're sitting in that seat for the entire flight and probably not getting up from it I know right? it. I know it and so you want to have that little bit of extra wiggle room I was prepared, you know, when you hear about, well, slimming of armrests and working with the sidewall, my mind immediately goes back to Southwest Airlines' song and dance that it originally did about the Meridian seat. Oh, yes, that, <laughs> that, which we also sat in this time round, and it was yes. it was fine, but it, so it was certainly no Aspire. Exactly. And really, it felt like what they'd done was just slim the armrest down and measure a little bit wider between them. Exactly. And, you know, and I have to say, a little bit naughty Southwest. Their messaging to the market wasn't quite as... Um, clear. Uh, above board, honest. Yes, it was As like it should have sure. been. But Agreed. I guess that's why I found the conversation uh, at ATR so refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, because of being very honest with how yeah. they have achieved it. And as somebody who's set in the seat, I can confirm it's a wide seat. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah. 18-inch ATR seat or a CRJ regional jet on the same trip? At at this juncture, ATR. Yeah, me too. Yes, for sure. Without a doubt. Now, that's an opportunity maybe for Bombardier to do a bit more innovating with the CRJ. Yes, indeed. And we haven't... We are pretty much out of time for this in conversation. We have not talked about Bombardier, who almost clinched that Crystal Cabin Award for cabins. Very close. And of course, are innovating also for uh, passengers of reduced mobility, something also worth noting in the CRJ space. Yes, Indeed. Nor have we talked about the uh, HAW Hamburg University Wheelchair Award for Crystal Cabins, Uh, which which was excellent. I'm a big fan of. I hope we can do that another time. Nor the Zodiac Z400, nor the Recaro CL67, nor the Acro Air New Zealand seat. 
There is so much seat news this year. There really is. We're going to have it all on Runway Girl Network over the next month or so. Yes, we will. We? We're rolling it all out, John. Now you can find Mary at Runway Girl. Yes. You can find me at That John, and you can find everything from RGN at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. Thanks for listening.